0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker. You all know this by now. I'm always really excited for guest interviews. We've got a very special guest's interview today. Uh, for those of you that cannot see, I have two twin brothers sitting on the screen in front of me, Jake and Joe Sharp. Um, I'm really excited about this. So, uh, guys, I don't want to do like too much of a boastful bravado introduction because I know you guys are going to be good at it. But I know you guys both kind of just got married to your wives, got some other stuff we're going to talk about later in the podcast. You guys are fitness coaches, mainly for business professionals. Um, I'll kick it over to you. Go ahead. Introduce yourselves.
1: Yeah. Jake, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, we're Jake and Joe. I'm Jake, the one speaking. But yeah, we're happy to be here. We're happy Kyle invited us on the, the podcast to jump on and speak some, spit some heat. But yeah, just like you said- we're just recently married um both of us are here in az arizona we're in gilbert but um yeah we're super super excited to be on the podcast yep so i don't know do you want to you want me to go into the whole story right now uh actually i'll tell you what let's let's do this a little
0: differently usually i would say yes um but i want to kind of get my listeners uh Kind of a, a lesson that I took away already from you guys getting on the uh, podcast. Um, so a lot of people that follow me, they know that I'm very big on just engaging with people on social media, right? Yeah, and that's kind of how we connected. Yeah, um you know, I didn't reach out to you guys. I never heard of you guys. You guys haven't heard of me, but some way or another, I started seeing you guys pop up on my statuses. You started messaging privately, you started getting on my radar. And that's, that's how it happened. Like I'm on, you're on my radar because I was on your radar and you guys just reached out and engaged. And that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I I just want to let my listeners know this shit works. So go ahead.
1: Oh yeah. There we go. So basically just a little bit about me and Jake. Um, I know I gave Kyle we talked before and just texting back and forth, but just a basic story. We, we got into online fitness coaching because we grew up chubby kids, insecure, um, no muscle. And we kind of got made fun of throughout the years of being chubby, being little with no muscle. Um, and that, that, that made us super self-conscious growing up. And we ourselves struggled with mental health um, depression and anxiety. But that's why we got into fitness. We actually got cut our freshman year for basketball, and we thought basketball was our lifelong thing. We thought, oh our my identity. Yeah. yeah. And we got cut freshman year, and that put a damper on our whole life. And that just made us go the whole different way. We started going to the gym getting serious, like senior year. Um, we really started to lean out. Um Still a lot of depression and anxiety just from past experiences and just dark times. Um, but we ended up serving LDS missions, if you guys are familiar with that, just a couple months in Mexico. Um, Jake was out for seven months, I was out for four. Uh, but we gained a lot of weight over our missions. I We both put on about like 50 pounds. And um, we unexpectedly came back early because I don't know if you know our church, we go on two-year missions, um, but we came back early because our little brother, Sam, he committed suicide when he was 16, and that turned our life around. We we didn't know what to do with that. We grew up in a family that was pretty normal, I would say, middle class, Nothing really hard has happened to me and Jake before. And we, we thought we grew up pretty blessed and I knew I know we were blessed, but that turned our life around when we, we got the call that our little brother uh committed suicide. Yeah, man. That that's when things changed is figure out what were we, what were we gonna do after that happened. I was trying to find purpose through that. And be, being in such a confusing time. Where a lot of, lot of times it was very dark. Uh, I don't know if you experienced that with your your brother's loss, but it's very dark and very confusing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that um, you know, you guys said you know you grew up very blessed, middle class. You know, you had a very good upbringing. Uh, yeah. and then you got you know hit with that. Um, you know, with mine, I was in a very dark place too. I mean, I, I became suicidal a few times um you know never never did it but you know that that loss of somebody that you have such a connection with um it's brutal brutal and how how old were you guys when that happened
1: we were 20 Mm or no 19 we were yeah yeah 19 we were 19 it's it's tough to keep
0: your age right when it's when it's two of you
1: (laughs) (laughs) we have to check with each other we got to make sure we're we're (laughs) right No, it's, it's because I think with the age thing, I just find myself forgetting how long it's been since he's been yeah. gone. Cause like I said, my life turned around. He was, he was our best friend when we left on our missions and we've, we've struggled and we've opened up about this with our family and church. We, we struggle with our faith. Um, We were angry with God a, a lot of times. Because it was suicide and because of the circumstances of our little brother and best friend um, choosing to do that and we we struggled and even after we we were in some of our darkest times I thought I thought we were heavily depressed in high school because we were chubby we were going through stuff but we've never felt the pain we felt when we came home and our little brother
0: wasn't there anymore yeah i've been there all all too well more than i i care to admit um it's it's the same thing right so i mean i I felt like i had a great life growing up um you know experienced some trauma here and there uh you know as you get into adulthood or at least up into my stage of adulthood (laughs) i'm only 35 but uh my little brother passed away three years ago and leading up to that point uh you know I, i I guess I would say it was kind of like, kind of like you guys, like when it happened, you really realized what real, just pure trauma and, and yeah. heartbreak really was. Um, man. It's going to be a hell of an episode guys.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I, I, I get where you're coming from because it's hard to talk about it. I think. I remember it's, it's been about two years and a half, maybe two and a half years, and it at the start, we played the denial game because of the way he he died, he chose to take his life. We played the denial game of "He's not really gone. like we didn't realize the intensity and the pain of him actually not being here. Like for a while, I think for me, it was a couple months in that I actually started to accept that he's not coming back. But those are feelings that you you ne- you never know. Like I never knew I had to experience this, this young. Like I'm like, oh, me, Jake and Sam, we were the sharp trio. He was two years younger than us. Everyone saw us brothers as we're gonna do big things um together and it's hard it's hard to look back sometimes even now um and look like how how is it fair that he's gone I don't know if you feel the same way
0: dude <laughs> I, I, I don't know where I'm going to be able to place this episode like it's we're, we're we're uh let's see how how many minutes into this are we we're like 10 minutes in um yeah, yeah. You know, for me, um, it, I so, so obviously my little brother wasn't suicide. Um, it was <clears throat> he took a hit off of a, a vape pen and it was supposed to be just regular THC oil uh, and it was laced with all sorts of nasty stuff. Um, and it, it basically he went into a seizure, went into a coma, and then died a few days later. Um, and, and I struggled with with that too like like thinking back of it i was in the hospital when he died all the family was they came up to new york we all drove up to get there cuz he was on a business trip uh he was 22 and expecting his first kid um <clears throat> oh these podcasts are great <laughs> so good so i got home and I had my wife with me because she came up to New York to to say goodbye. Um, and I went out and got the mail, and there was an invite to his baby shower. And I was like, "Oh God!" And you went about questioning fate or faith. I was yeah. like, "Like how? Like what? How could you possibly get, allow that letter to be delivered and given to me the day he died?" Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I, I kind of still have that
2: that mindset of he's not really gone. <clears throat> so how's business?
1: <laughs> hey, but this one's, this, what makes a good show is being real. Like yeah. having the real stuff, being able to talk about trauma and sadness and pain. This is where you grow. Like, I, I feel like this is where we grow. Um is, Being able to share. Yeah, it it
0: absolutely is. And you guys, I mean, you follow me enough know that I'm very big on being, you know, your pure authentic self at at all times. Um, And, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I did grow a lot. I mean, I think, I think my growth cycle there was I looking back, I felt everything was cool and going well. And then he passed and it's like i just had to go down 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 like as deep and as dark as i could possibly go in my life to start rebuilding and it was it was exactly something like this like it was, it was actually a podcast that i listened to that that helped I, I don't want to say turn things around yeah um because as you guys know like that pain's always there always <clears throat> um but yeah yeah being real talking about it i mean when i i put out a 45 minute youtube video describing and detailing his death to the I mean to the down to every detail um and somebody reached out and was like I have waited so long for somebody to say the exact same thing that you did because I felt the same way about my mother like she she didn't want to be told oh she's in a better place oh she's doing this she's she's able to do this again and she and it's and I'm still like that like I'd do anything to have him back anything
1: exactly yeah I think people when me and jake first got back i like like i said i i played the denial game but i also played the blame game because it was suicide and i don't know oh yeah same ways i played the blame game because i was like what if i was here like would that change his mind like what if I was here going through crap because I've been through a, my own depression and I grew up um, going through depression and anxiety, but like why why couldn't I have stayed and gone through the crap he was going through? But I struggled a lot with that is the blame game. And then when we got back, a lot of people, like just those questions or they say, like you said, he's in a better place. And of course, like, that's not what we want to hear a lot of times. And we don't want to hear all those people just like people that don't even have even talked to you, come up to you and try to console you. Oh, I know. And I'm like, I, it, it was hard at the time because it was like, it was so fake. I'm like, I haven't talked to you before he passed. Like, why would I want your love when I didn't know you before? I don't know if you've experienced that.
0: I don't. That that's a good question. Um, You know, it's there were a lot of people at his funeral. A lot. There was at least at least a hundred, two hundred people. And I I mean, I was up there in the in the receiving line with my mom, my little sister, and my wife. um, I mean, I I guess I didn't really think about it at the time, but I do understand. Like, it's kind of like. You know, I, I think I was more focused on the amount of people there.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And
0: just like, oh my gosh, this kid at 22 has all these people. Um, but it's the, the blame game is real. I mean, it's it's very real. Like for me, um, and my wife will tell you, my parents will tell you, and my I mean, anybody that knows me, like, I'm an angry person. And my little brother's death made me a heck of a lot angrier. Um, especially because it i struggled because it was a choice that he made to to take the or to, to use that vape pen that night yeah. it was a choice that he made to get his his stuff from another person that he wasn't really used to but at the same time that person was willingly knowingly selling stuff that was bad Selling stuff that was laced, and the person above that had to manufacture it and did it on purpose, and the purpose above that, or the person above that, had to give the order. So I, I I had all this blame, um, and and anger. Like I was just, oh my gosh! I mean, it was horrible between alcohol and anger. I I mean, that's how I spent a good chunk of the last three years. Um, but yeah, that that blame game. You know, I want to blame him. I do. I, I think blaming him would be easier, but I, also this this militaristic sense of right and wrong that I have. You know, I want to go after the people that did it, and I've said that. I've I've said it vocally. I'd love to just get one of them in a room for five minutes. Um, but the the scary part for me is that what happened to my brother happens every day to so many people that the cops can't do anything, anything. Like I, I have been told in my family by people very close to me that they know exactly where he got it from. They know exactly who manufactured everything and the cops can't do anything.
2: So, yeah.
1: I, I, feel, I feel the same way is like, I know a lot, my sister and my mom, tend to be so angry at Sam in general like for taking his own life and making that choice and even in his note like his suicide note he wrote all of us individually and he he knew the pain that this would cause
2: oh man
1: he he wrote like he said sorry and he knows that the family will get through this. And that was hard for me to hear because just when I, I I go over that note, just to remember him, but like, it's, it's hard not to be angry at him sometimes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine. It's, it's one of those things like, I, I have a video of him in the gym. And it's it's
0: like a, a 4 second video. He's with my sister and he's laughing. And oh my god, I'm I must, it's probably got a million views just for me. Wow. So I I get it. I I I'd absolutely get it. Like like anybody
2: that's out here listening the fact that you're reading it It's awesome to me because I get it. I totally get it. All right, you guys
0: got to talk for a minute. I got to get (laughs) this.
1: I share a little bit of mine. I'm talking more like when when I got home since Joe shared like his, I'm hearing you. I think of like me getting home. My mind was very, I think it was a little bit different than Joe's. I was very, like I don't even know how to describe it describe it it was like blank like I was very lost like confused straight up confused like where do like how do I even process this and I I denied it a lot I I denied it a ton and that's I could not even process it because I denied it I didn't and it was hard um looking back to how many memories we made how many, like, basketball games we fought over. You know, he, he literally wrote in his letter, I don't want to take too much fame, but I was the best one-on-one player in the family. So he he loved trying to beat me. That That right there, just reading his note to me, like, made me emotional a ton. But it was hard for me to process emotions, process my, like anger, my sadness, because I was, I was like, it was blank. I, it was hard for me. Like, I don't know. I I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way, and I like to ask people that have lost people, whether it's their sibling, parent, spouse, what ways do you grieve? Because I found I never, like, I don't cry until I'm by myself. Even I have a wife now, and she's rarely seen me cry uh, because she didn't know Sam. I met her after. Um, But I cry in the car alone. I cry when I'm listening to music that me and him used to listen to. And it's it's like an everyday thing i it's like a ritual i have i put on his sad music and i cry to that and i imagine like him being there with me if if you know what i mean i want to know how you grieve I, I just like to know um
0: I, I mean that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell um i, I except that i won't like i'm an emotional guy
2: yeah <clears throat> um Almost every day, and and it's been three years. Um, yeah. like,
0: man, this is a hell of an episode. Um, there's a song called <clears throat> "Visiting Hours" by Ed Sheeran.
1: Oh, makes me cry every time.
0: Uh, I like I I'm like such a glutton for punishment because I put it on my Spotify playlist. And then every time it comes up on Shuffle, I'm like, oh, shit. And I like quick skip past it, right? Um, and my, my son calls it the Uncle Benny song. And it, that just like sends
2: me off. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll cry any, anywhere,
0: anywhere, just because like it's such a hard thing. Like it's it's really effing hard. I mean, you guys know, and you guys lost your brother in a, in a completely different way. Um, it's it's just one of those things. Like it really molds you, but you don't understand how it molds you until. I, I don't want to say t- it's too late, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it molds you. In in a way that you just have no control over for a little while. And for me, a little while has been
2: years. Um, but, I mean, he's got the, the hardest, one of the hardest
0: parts for me. Um, he, his son was born that year, uh, a few months later. I've seen the kid once. And and I've always wanted to be an uncle. I've always wanted to have a nephew. I've got nothing but nieces right now. I. I can't even bring myself to see the baby because it's just so hard. And I feel so bad. Like, I hate that. I hate it because I love kids. I love kids. But it's just so damn hard. And and everywhere you turn, there's reminders of your brother. I mean, everywhere, everywhere. But I'm sure you guys experience that too. It
1: I reminds me of holidays. Are, they suck. That it's it's hard to find even like my own birthday. It's hard. Mm-hmm. His birthday is the hardest. But just like the general holidays, it 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 is harder, and it hasn't gotten easier over the years. I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, for sure. Just I I'm thinking back, um, cause it's. It's weird because our brother was, like, popular and a lot of people knew him. I think that first, like, first year was super, like, let's gather, um, let's, let's remember him. And that was hard um, just because it brought so many. Like, you think he was going to show up to the gathering and make all these jokes. But it was for, like, it's just so... So it was so weird to me how we were showing up to remember him, not, like, be able to have fun with him. That was one of the hardest things for me was, like, having a holiday and then thinking, wow, I wish wish he showed up. But then it's just, no, we're actually thinking about him, remembering him. Yeah, Yeah, I think – he was, Kyle, just so you know a little bit about our brother. He was like, like you say, popular guy, but he wasn't like the douchey popular guy. He was, he loved everyone. He was funny, the class clown, like, all, like everyone literally loved him. And that was, that was a hard for a lot of people because they didn't see the other side of him like our family saw him. Mm-hmm he would go out be the fun loving guy be the talk of everyone and then he would come home and you'd see the dark things that he was going through sitting in his bed for hours battling the demons he battled sitting watching shows after shows couldn't get up because he's anxious like you see that and it broke a lot of the kid's heart and height like the kid's hearts in high school because they thought he was not suffering at all and we knew the pain obviously we didn't know the pain enough that he would take his life but man it it's hard just like jake said to like miss those times of us just hanging out having fun because he he was the funniest guy we knew brother it's 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 the hardest thing It's to not see like one more thing after he took his life our first niece was born like he never had a chance to see any of the nieces now there's three and two more coming and it's hard for all of our brothers and sisters that do have babies and knowing that he would have been the favorite uncle is hard on all of us.
0: God, I wish you guys were closer to me. <laughs> I mean, man, this is identical. Um, he loved, loved my daughter and my son. I mean, just adored him. And it, it's it, like that pain that you just said, like I'm, I'm there. I, I was through it because when my wife me we were she was pregnant with my, my youngest daughter mm-hmm. the first thought wasn't yay another kid the first thought was she's never gonna know him so I'm with you it sucks it really sucks are either of you expecting
1: no we're, well we're you said there's ahead. a few
0: on the way I was just like wow you guys weren't <laughs> yeah
1: that that's gonna be hard to know that like when we meet us and our wives do have babies that they're not going to know uncle Sam, they're not gonna have the fa like have the favorite uncle around. That's, that sucks.
2: It's here's a question. Um,
0: on my latest episode, I'm trying to think of what released. I, I've, like, I said, I don't know if I told you guys, I've got episodes recorded that are ready to go out for the rest of like the next two years. So I just put episodes in where I can with guest interviews. Uh, you guys are gonna get dropped like immediately. Um, M- Michelle Hill, she was talking about all the stuff she went through. She went through some some crazy stuff, like hardcore drug addiction, sexual abuse, mental abuse, everything as a kid. Okay, and she said, at, at one point in the podcast, she said something that made me think, and she said, If I had to change any of it, I wouldn't. She said, Everything I went through as horrible as it sounds. She said, I wouldn't change any of it because it made me who I am. It made me, you know, gave me the people in my life that I have. Um, and, and I thought about it, and I, I said, you know, there's one thing I'd probably change, and that would be losing my little brother. Right. And and don't get me wrong. I don't know if I would be where I am today. Had he been here? I don't yeah. know. Maybe you guys have had that same question for yourselves. Like does his passing has that helped get you to where you're at? Um, but I still think, I mean, I'd God, I'd give it all up in a minute, in a minute oh, yeah. just to have him back.
1: I'm thinking cool. the same. Like just wanting him here doing business with him. Like, I would way rather do that. To, to do uh, business with, about him. It. with him would be something I would absolutely love. And honestly, I think I think that hard time has shaped us into the entrepreneurs we are today. But I would totally trade it for being entrepreneurs with him, you know? to to running maybe something with him we always joke in our family that he would have been the wealthiest because he he could sell anyone he could like <laughs> he, he was the guy that was way, he was there like he had all the skills to sell persuasion like but i i go back to what your question was my first answer is like i would change it all like i know it's hard for me to say that because i didn't meet my wife before sam but like i i get it i miss my best friend i miss i miss everything like i had i i don't i don't know if that's like the wrong answer but
0: well i, I don't i don't think there's a wrong answer joe i don't, I don't think when, when it comes to grief uh and and loss Again, I really don't think there's a wrong answer, because you know, yeah, we can do the cliche. Everybody heals in their own way. Honestly, the podcast that helped me out um, was called. It was a TED talk, and it was about eleven, thirteen minutes long. I don't know, and it was called "Moving Forward with Grief, Not Moving On from Grief." And it was the whole the whole talk was all about how. With certain types of loss, that grief is never going to go away, ever. That pain, all of it, it's always going to be there. But it's moving forward with that grief is where the real growth and healing begins. And, and honestly, like looking back on it, that's, that's the moment that really made me commit to improving myself, improving my – and I, I don't think I even started the business at that point. Uh, or maybe I think I did, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. It was
2: mm-hmm.
0: a side hustle, um, and that that podcast is what is what really elicited a more hard charging, much more focused effort on myself. Um, and I still failed a lot, leading you know up until I mean very recently that I've been able to actually kind of get refocused again. But again, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, you're not, at, le- at least with me, you're not going to hear me go, no guys, it's wrong for you to say you'd give all this up to have him back. I'm the last person on earth. That's going to say, that. um, I mean, my wife will tell you like, I'm, I'm a wreck, a wreck when it comes to my little brother. <clears throat> it's it's just, it's, it's crazy. It, it it really is. You know I mean? You guys have all struggled with, with the mental, mental health stuff and, uh, I mean, we. I, I mean, I feel like everybody has some sort of mental health stuff they struggle with. Um, but just again, like, like for the people out there that haven't lost a sibling, and and haven't lost somebody really super close, especially to the way that you lost your brother, like hearing that you again that you read his notes to you guys every so often, like that. So many people are gonna be like, oh my god, that's that's terrible. But I'm sitting here like, God man, I get it. I get it. I, I would I would do anything to have one more conversation, just one more. But I don't know. I mean it's do you guys find yourself being consumed by it? Like do you feel like you have a day here and there, or maybe even more than here and there, where you're just like, you can't get your mind off of it?
1: Um it'd be It's definitely not every day since he's since like I'm talking about like right now, it's not every day for me where it consumes me. But I still find myself some days falling in and just feeling that pain, missing him, crying, emotion, I would say every so often. Yeah, I think a lot. There's been a lot of days, and obviously closer towards his passing, it was a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like thinking about it, I look at like, when I'm in those days or those moods, thinking about him. I look at the video that I hugged him for the last time, and, like, the tears come for hours. I, I don't know. Like, when I hugged him last time, when I was on, my, like, when I was on my church mission, I called him that Monday. And that's the last time I talked to him. And I thought everything was fine. We talked. And that's like, I t- tend to blame myself a lot is because that's the last time I talked to him and I was trying to give him advice. But I go back, like, what advice could I have, like, could I have given him that made him not do it? But I know that he's already he already made the choice that he was going to do it. He had it planned out. But... I think back to those times when I, the last time, time I hugged him, last time I talked to him, those bring up a lot of emotions. And I, I sometimes let that consume me, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, how could we not, right? Like, like, honestly, how the hell
0: could we not? Just, just be consumed by that. I mean, it's. I, I remember both of the times to, to the T when I saw him and when I last spoke to him, and it's the same thing. It's, it's the exact same thing. Like you just, you try to keep your mind off of it, and then you can't. Especially when we get up to the anniversary of his death. Especially when we get up to this is how horrible it is.
2: Okay, so he died May. May nineteenth, I think, if I remember correctly, um, his birthday is June fifth, right?
0: So we have passing his birthday within a two week period, and then my grandfather passed away on July fourth of that same year. So it was, we lose Benny, then it's his birthday, then we lose my grandfather, all in just that short span. Right. So everybody, everybody just knows, like, leave me alone for that like month
2: period. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's I I keep waiting for it to get easier and. I I hope that it does. But it's hard for me to comprehend it
0: ever being easier. It's hard for me to sit there and and imagine a a time where I'm like, ah, today's the day he passed. No, I'm crushed that day crushed and it's crazy because you guys it sounds like you guys lost sam right around the same time frame i lost my brother
1: yeah mm-hmm. is I yeah almost almost the same exact time it was march 13th of 2000 2020 20, yeah.
2: 2020 i think let me pull it up here
0: 2019 so my mine was a year 30, almost 30, a year before or
2: but yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, it's yeah.
0: Have you found yourself? And, and again, like I, we've kind of already answered this question. Like, have you found yourself ourselves? Try, so I'm not used to having two people on screen, let alone twins. <laughs> that literally, look identical, like crazy <sighs> identical. Um, but I mean, I. I got so angry and bitter. Like I I went off with my mom um, probably about a year uh, into it. She called me and I mean, she, she innocently said something. And I mean, obviously I'm not equating my grief to my mother who lost a child, Um, but it was just, I think it was one of those like, Oh, he's in a better place. And I just, I went off. I mean, I was screaming. My wife like grabbed the kids, ran upstairs. I was just like, I don't want to hear it. Like, don't tell me that. Like, the only better place is down here, with us, where you can see his kid grow, where you can see our kids grow. I mean, do yeah.
1: you have any other phrases that you've got? And I think back when we got home, that classic phrase that people say, "You'll be thankful for this trial," and I said, "Bullshit. That's you're not going to be thankful for this trial." I got so pissed when people came up to us and said, you're going to be thankful in the long run, I said, bull, I hated that. I hated it. Is there any more phrases that you all have-
2: y'all swore twice? Um. I, I mean, yes, yes. God, I wish I had alcohol. Right? <laughs> um. I don't even know if I can say it. So, people would
0: tell me when it came to like my kids and his kid, oh, they'll know him through our stories. And that, oh, to this day. Because I'm like, no! Get your blood boiling. Yeah, like seriously. I mean, think about it. You can't know somebody through stories. You can get an idea. Right. But until you
1: spend time around that person, until you've hugged that person, come on. It's hard. It's hard for me because not Carly, his wife, knew Sam. It's hard for me. That's what I, te- that's why I tend to cry by myself, where I don't show a lot of emotion or raw emotion with my wife, usually, with about Sam, because she didn't really know him and it's hard even when she asked me like tell me about Sam tell it's hard for me to do that because i i try my best but it pains me because she never knew him i yeah it, it's hard I,
2: I i don't know i mean I, I i totally understand that like i 100% get it but um for me it's
0: You know, Elizabeth, she knew Benny. She loved, I mean, everybody loved the kid. Um, So I'm glad, I don't think if I had her, I would have been able to get through it. I I will honestly say that. Like, I almost did get through it. I I mean, I I almost committed suicide if if it weren't for her. Um, I I think if she wouldn't have been there, I probably, I would have lasted a month.
2: Um, But You know, when you think about it, I wonder if,
0: and I hope I explained this correctly, um, I wonder if maybe that's better for you from a support standpoint because she doesn't have... I'm trying to be as kind as I can to your wife. I'm really, really trying because she doesn't have that that emotional connection to him like you did. Um, Like with Elizabeth... You know, I, I try to remember that she lost him too. And I, I do because everybody loved him, everybody. And she adored him. Um, but that's so hard for me because I'm still grieving. So I, I'm trying to be kind to her and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But all I can think of is. I, I don't know why why did this still happen? Why did it have to happen of of all things that happened to all these people on earth, it had to be him
1: yeah i I look at it that way a lot too is in a way she, she didn't know him, and so she can't connect on that emotional level i see I see what you're saying
0: yeah it's and again it's it's not that she can't love him, it's not yeah. that she can't. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, just... Uh, God, your wife should listen to this. Think of this big, big jerk. <laughs> she, she, everything was going good until about 47 minutes yeah. Um, But I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's, there's always those what-if scenarios, right? Like, we're not going to have any idea how we would have reacted if either of our brothers would have passed under different circumstances. We don't know how we would have reacted if they passed when we were in our sixties and seventies or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's all hypothetical conjecture, but again, it's just like, you know, how do you, I don't know. I, again, I, I don't think I'll ever bounce back from it. I, I know my mom won't, um, you know, with me, it's the whole, the whole justice thing. Like I, it drives me up the wall that I can't do anything to get It's going to make me sound horrible, but retribution or justice or revenge. Uh, Because honestly, yeah. And and when somebody tells me like, oh, that won't bring him back. I'm 35 years old. I'm college educated. You think by now I understand that it's not going to bring him back. I know it's not going to bring him back. But you know what? Somebody, somebody has to sit here and just, I, I mean, have some accountability. Somebody has to feel the pain that we've all had to feel, and you guys have experienced. I mean, obviously, yeah, different circumstances with your little brother. But oh, it's just frustrating. How, how about you guys? Have you had any other different phrases that have set
2: you off? Um, I'm trying to There's think. There's a
1: couple. There's a lot with our church mission because of What are you thinking? Like, when you got home or what? Yeah. the The pressure of how fast could you get back out there yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that oh ouch how fast could you get back out there and serve other people or i i just didn't connect or with like yeah while. just like where, where do you go from here um they I want, don't know they wanted <laughs> us a lot of it was okay so what life plans do you have now we're like the hell if we knew we're 19 years old just lost our little brother, like why should we have everything figured out? That's
2: I I don't think anybody's
0: I at least to my face hasn't been stupid enough to say anything like that. Um I, I mean that would be like just I don't I don't care who you are. Like you yeah, I will I will throw down right now. we go for it was like no whatever I the, want.
1: It was the right not the right intention that's not what i'm saying but like they didn't know they were clueless they, they were clueless on what they were actually saying and what that meant to us no no i
0: i think i think intention
1: <laughs> again
0: I, I think we take so- <laughs> i think we take solace in in intention right because we know that so. these people that are saying these things to us they really do mean well they really do mean to keep us on the right path,
2: but we'll see. I mean, I I, I totally get it. I think
1: a lot of the time, a lot of the times, um... <laughs> Jake just sneezed really weird. That's why he's laughing. I was. I I, laugh. I I. kind of
0: heard the sneeze, and then he just like like leaned over off screen. I saw you laughing. No, oh,
1: if you get <laughs> to you know us a lot better. Uh, as business partners it's hard to be like a lot of times it screws us up because if we both get like one of us gets laughing it's hard for the other and it screws our business up. that's my fault but I, what I was saying nice. is like the thing back with your with your mom I think a lot of times um we suffer a lot because of we know the hurt that our mom is going yeah. through because she was the one taking them to ketamine treatment she was the one taking the counseling she was the one that had to sit there and watch him on the bed not willing to do anything like and a little backstory. so they were at our cabin our grandparents have a cabin in Cholo Arizona and they they were at the week and he planned it just because of that but my our little brother Spencer he's 8 he was adopted and he had to be the one to find him and oh. so that he he kind of lost it like he was there before anyone else and he already had some He already had some problems because of where he came from. But Sam doing that at an early age really put Spence. And right now, and he's struggling a lot. And my my mom has to deal with Spence as well. I think us seeing our mom hurt and still hurting, having to deal with a lot of the repercussions like that we don't have to deal with because we're not at the home anymore. It pains. And I think it pains a lot of the siblings, but mainly me and Jake because we're, we're mama boys, mama boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, thinking of, of that.
0: um, So, I mean, again, like, like we all know different circumstances with, with how each of our brothers passed. Um, I, I basically, I was kind of like the, the family, I, I don't know, <clears throat> Wrangler uh, up at the, the hospital um, when he passed. And my mom was sitting on the, she came up um, and we, at this point, like I already knew, the family up there already knew he was passing away um he was on life support um and
2: or um, yeah i guess it was life support um but i
0: so we we left for the night it was myself my little sister my little brother's fiance girlfriend whatever she was at the time i can't remember and my my ex-stepfather, my little brother's dad. Um, and we all left for the night. And the doctor said, you know, hey, listen, if anything happens overnight, I'll call you. Um, and we got there the next morning because I, I was up early. I didn't sleep. Um,
2: at, at that point, my mom was driving up from South Carolina all the way up to New York. And I walk in. And my my stepfather didn't show up. He he was
0: driving separate. I didn't see him. It was a little bit later when he got there. Uh and I walk in and I'm I'm sitting in my little brother's room. And it, it was weird because the night before, like he was kind of like pushing his legs around and and moving. Um, but he was still and he had the respirator in, and um the nurse came in and she was doing the reflex tests. And we hadn't gotten any updates at that point, and they took the the pen on the bottom of the foot, which is, I mean, if you ever had it done, to you your reflexes make your toes curl, uh, and nothing happened. And it was like at that moment, I knew I was like, he's he's not even in there anymore. He's he's gone. Um, and the nurse recognized it, and she was like, well, you know, talk to the doctor. He's going to start his rounds in about ten minutes. So the doctor comes up to me and. He says, um, listen, you are the most level headed in your family right now. So I'm gonna talk to you. And I was like, all right, cool. And he said uh, about 1 30 last night he went brain dead. And I was just like, like, no, that's it. That's all she wrote, right? So then the doctor pulls in my stepfather. Well, actually, sorry, I went downstairs um for some air and my ex-stepfather pulls up and he comes in walking and i was like hey listen he went brain dead last night and he just kind of sighed real deep and then we walked upstairs the doctor pulled us into a room my little sister and the the girlfriend <clears throat> were out i don't know where they were at that point and then the doctor said like look you know when you pull the plug he's he's gonna go he said i'm not god I'm not saying there's no chance, but there's 99% likelihood he's going to pass away. Um, so the doctor walks out. I look at my ex-stepfather and we're like, like, all right, well, what do we do here? And I said, we can't tell mom until she gets up here. My wife, Elizabeth, was on her way. She, I couldn't talk to her because I knew she'd drive off into a ditch. I knew my mom would do the same thing, so I couldn't tell anybody. Um, And I think it was Elizabeth that got there first um, and she pulled up and she just wanted to go right up to the room. Uh, and I, I sat her down and I said, wait, wait. And she goes, what? And I said, we're, we're going to lose him. Um, you know, he went brain dead last night. We're, we're going to lose him. Um, so she cried
2: and my mom was next to arrive. And I came down
0: and my mom worked in, in uh, infectious disease before. So she's seen all these people on tubes. And I'm sitting there thinking like, holy shit, I can't just let her walk up there. and then get told he's going to pass. Like I, I have to be the one to break the news to door. Um, and I said, mom, listen, before you go up there, I just want to prepare you. I said, I know you've seen people on tubes and respirators and ventilators. I said, but you haven't seen your son. Okay. So just sit down here on this bench. And let me tell you what you're walking into. And she, she sat down and she says, did something happen? And I said, I said, yeah. And I said, last night he went brain vetted at about one 30. And I said, when we pull the plug, we're going to lose him. Um, and I'll never forget it because my mom sat there on this bench outside of this hospital it was like a scene in a movie, just screaming, screaming, my baby, my baby, please don't take my baby. Um. So then we we got the rest of the family there as quick as we could, said goodbye, and I'll never I'll never forget it because it was one of the most surreal moments. <laughs> um, one they wouldn't sign uh, off on of the DNR until I, uh, I got up there and I could give my okay. Uh, which i appreciated but at the same time was like I, i didn't ever want to be a part of this right yeah um
2: when the time came to decide when to pull the plug i i just remember feeling so numb i just remember feeling like the weirdest calming acceptance. And I don't know if it was because at that time I
0: just knew it was over. Maybe it was coupled with the fact that it was a long three or four days and I knew the road ahead was going to be long.
2: But I just remember saying to my mom and my my stepfather, like, look, let's just get this over with. And I that was my
0: exact words were let's just get it over with. Um, so yeah and again you know watching my mom go through everything that she has has been I mean it's it's heartbreaking so I it get was, it I get it
1: it was like
0: the situation of your littlest brother finding him
2: oh man yeah, it was,
1: it was very hard obviously for me and Jake it was the worst phone call we've ever gotten you never expect to get a phone call like that. And we. we, oh. we we've we talked about it. Like when. we were in two separate parts of the world. And we both had the feeling. That something happened that day. Around afternoon. And that's when he did it. And it, it was going to be a bad day. Um, I went into that call. Not knowing what was going to happen. But they call they called this they called me and said your mom and dad need to talk to you something an emergency happened or whatever they said and they said joe you you lost you lost your little brother you lost you, your little brother chose to t- take his life and no one and I know we talked about this at the start of the podcast, but no one no one prepares you for that feeling. No one no one knows what to do with that feeling. I didn't know what to do. I was punching the air, I was grabbing my hair, I was ripping my hair. Like I didn't know what to do with that feeling.
2: Yeah, it's
0: Yeah, you're right. And again, not to compare
1: you know
2: causes. Um, but Again, you know, from the the thousand-foot view of it, it, it—you always hear like like we, you and I are are saying such cliche stuff.
0: Yeah, right. We're we're saying stuff like, oh, you never could have been prepared, or you know, stuff like that. And you think about it, and while it's cliche. It's the truth. I mean, as as older siblings, the last thing you ever expect, at least at least below the age of forty, you don't ever expect to lose a little sister or little brother. You know, when when I got the call, um, I was a Monday morning. I was sitting at work. I was getting ready to get out and start prospecting, start selling. Um, my phone rang and, and honestly, I, th- I thought it was about my grandfather. I, I thought I was being called because my grandfather had passed away. And it was my, my ex stepfather. And he says, listen, um, everything's okay. Your little brother's in the hospital in New York. He, he, we think he had an overdose. I was like, what? I was like, what the hell is that? Like, That's not okay. <laughs> I was like. I was like, "All right, give me the address to the hospital. I'm leaving work." And I ran. I ran across all my managers off. I was like, "I gotta go. I gotta go." Um, and I told him, and he, you know, he's like, "Yeah, get the hell out of here." But again, like even that that whole time, that whole drive up, and it was a long drive. It was like, again, so surreal. Like I, I think at that point, I was still in denial. Like, oh, he's gonna pull through it. He's gonna pull through it. And it wasn't until that that morning when I saw him do the reflex test, I was like, holy shit, this is real. And I get it, man. I mean, so much anger, so much hurt. Just- I,
1: I think what I imagine a lot, and I told you that a lot of the times I think about him or cry about him, is when I have a hard day with my own depression or in the car and i it's hard for me because I don't know, it's weird because like whenever I have a hard day, whether it's depression, my relationship, like hard day in general and business, it always goes back to Sam. I, I, I don't know why, but I always end up going back to his face. Like uh, I imagine his face like i I see him smiling. It makes it makes no sense, but I go back to oh, this, it makes sense his face. It, A- anything hard in life it it it
0: makes sense. and let me let me give you my perspective, okay? Because I'm the same thing.
2: the same thing. Um, and for me, it's because that's the happy place if if you're following,
0: right that that smile, that laugh, that those memories, that's the happy place, that's the safe place. So whenever shit goes wrong and, and again, I'm the same way in my marriage, in my work, with my kids, everything, anything when times get real bad, I'm immediately going back to him. And it's such a weird cycle because subconsciously we go back because that's a happy memory because our little brothers made us feel safe and incredible, right? There's no, there's no, I don't care if anybody listens, if you're not a big brother, you don't F and get it. Okay. Having a little brother, there's nothing like it. Nothing. There's no feeling on this earth. And I'm a parent. I've got three kids there is nothing that can compare to being a big brother and having a little brother. So again, like the vicious cycle, our mind goes, like takes us there because that's our happy spot. But then when we get to that happy spot, we are reminded immediately that we'll never have that happy spot again. And then it messes you all up like completely, yeah. but I, I, I get it. I am the same way. Every single thing that happens, if it's bad, if it gets to a certain point, my mind is going straight to him every time, like clockwork.
1: I relate to that so much, the big brother. And not only being his best friend, because that, when I read his note, the suicide note, he talks to me and he said, you're my favorite brother. Like, I love the relationship we had and i find myself playing the blame game the most because of the relationship we had because jake he had carly in high school i had sam i it was me and him it was me and him on the dark days it was me and him hanging out i was i was the big brother i and i played that a lot he was like we talked about, he was more popular than me and Jake. He was loved by everyone, but I still feel like the big brother that f- failed at keeping him. And I know that you have a different situation, but. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I
0: absolutely have a different situation. But that that big brother blame, uh, we'll call it the triple B. Right, we'll coin that phrase. <laughs> there we go. We, me and you, we got, we'll patent it trademark blame. Blame. Uh, that, that big brother blame you know that's it's fucking
2: real it's, it's yeah. very real like I, I look back and i'm like should i have done something could i have done something if if i would have been a better big brother if i would
0: have been tougher on him would he still be here if I would have communicated better with him, if I would have spent more time with him, if I would have asked him how his day was, would this have happened? And it's it's such an unfair place to put ourselves. It is. Yeah. But how do we not put ourselves there? Because we have this innate and instinctual drive to want to protect our siblings, especially our little brothers, no matter how close of an age they are, no matter how far of an age they are. It's just something that we're, we have in us. So it's impossible to not blame ourselves. It's impossible.
1: Yeah. I, I think me and Jake, and we wrote this down and talked about it a lot is, I don't know if you know Dean Graziosi's book, millionaire success habits.
0: I, I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've read it.
1: His seven levels deep. Why like that? that exercise we we did that and i got down to why i feel like i need to be successful in fitness and mental health and why i need to make that impact and it goes back to i didn't help i wasn't there like i didn't help sam enough when he was struggling and i i I played that why exercise like I did that why exercise and it opened my mind because like I never thought like of course I thought I'm I'm gonna help men or tackle fitness and mental health and that was it. But when I really went deep, it's because I feel like I need to help men that struggle because I will I couldn't help Sam while he was struggling and i know i know that's it's like weird of me to say but me and jake have such a strong why behind that because we know men are struggling we know because we we've struggled like we know everyone is struggling in their own way and we want to help others because we didn't get the chance to help sam
0: fucking love you
2: guys i i love you guys um So listen, it's a fantastic why it is. I think that you guys will be massive,
0: massive successes with that why behind you. But I think when you are able to be a little kinder with that why, that's going to be the game changer. And I'm totally serious. That's going to be the game changer, um, and I—that's I, not my why. That's not why I do business coaching, um, but the motivator of hoping that I'm making him proud has been huge. But again, I mean, you're, that's, that's a, you are thats you. You have a powerful why. I just want to make sure, like, it's—it's it's a kind why. Because yeah. look, at, at the end of the day, again, like I said, everything that we're discussing about how we're handling things and what it has done to us, it's all it's all hypothetical.
1: Yeah, right.
0: It's just we, we don't know. All we know is how we feel. All we know is. What we can control, which is really just our reactions, not our emotions. I mean, the Lord yeah. knows I can't control my emotions around this, um, <clears throat> you know, but we can control where we go from here right now i never met sam you never met benny but i mean you're you're doing great work you are i mean again you you managed to somehow get on we we managed to somehow link up with each other um and it's it's fantastic it's fantastic I, i know with almost any post that i make i'm gonna get a message from from you and you're like hey great post man this is fantastic and I love it. That's why we ended up deciding to talk tonight. You guys have both been awesome, um, so awesome. This is probably the longest guest interview I've had, aside from a multi multi part episode. But um, let's let's get something else in the books for you know. I want to showcase your guys' business too. Um, so let's let's make sure we get that scheduled soon. Um, for those of you that have listened to this the entire way through, and listened to us all go completely emotional on you guys um hey, you. It, it, <laughs> it's and, and listen you know you'll hear me on a lot of these podcasts say this is why i love podcasting because i get to meet some of the most interesting people stuff goes off the rails we talk about stuff we had no idea like i i planned on just briefly touching on your little brother and my little brother <laughs> and we've literally been doing it for an hour and 15 minutes
2: yeah, which yeah. is
0: fine yeah It's great because my, my goal with this episode is one that I helped you guys. I know you helped me being able to talk about it, but I also hope that we help at least one person that listens to it. Um, But yes. So where can, where can you be found before we, we cut this episode off and schedule another one?
1: Yeah. um, All social media, we're growing. So we're growing on Instagram. We're growing on um, TikTok right now. We're growing on LinkedIn we're growing on uh, our, our, own our own Facebook pages, pages are pages. Jake and Joe Sharp. And then our Instagram and TikTok are Fit. um, And then, yeah. And we will be, we're in the, like, be, before the end of the year, we will have a website. So if we schedule another one before the end of the year, we'll make sure to get, we'll have a website. We'll make sure to give the audience a website. That'll be easy. Oh, we got, we
0: got to do it before the end of the year, guys. We, oh, yeah. we got to do it. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for this, this evening. This was, it was awesome. You, man. Amazing. All right. And for those listeners, I hope you got something out of this. If you didn't, oh, well I did. So screw you if you didn't. <laughs> All right. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then, head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.